Uh, grab your Bibles with me and uh, uh, turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Get your Bibles out. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, get your phone out. Like, I want you to look at these words on the page or on the screen along with me, okay? We're not going to have the verses up on, up on the screens today. Uh, so I want to encourage you, just go ahead and get your phone out. You may not have the YouVersion app. That's okay. You can just Google Revelation 4 and man like Bible Gateway and Bible Hub and, and YouVersion and all these things will pop up and you'll be able to follow along right there. But I want you to see the picture. I want you to take in um, Revelation chapter 4. And um, if I was going to title this message, I would title it something along the lines of, we were made for this. We were made for this. I love it uh, whenever we can figure out people. I know everybody in the world loves it when they figure out why they were created and what they were made for. And we're about to see that here in Revelation chapter 4. I want to read it all the way down, and uh, then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to kind of talk about it for a few minutes, and then we're going to worship again. And so here we're going to start in Revelation 4, verse 1. Everybody there? Everybody there? Awesome. I'm seeing some nods. That's what I'm talking about. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby, a rainbow shone like an emerald encircling the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were the 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning rumbling and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was, was like an ox. And the third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and covered with eyes all around, even under the wings, day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worships him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. By your will, they were created in excuse me, have their beings. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would illuminate your word to us in the next couple of minutes. God, I pray that you would open up our eyes, open up our hearts, and allow us to, to peek in for just a moment into heaven to give us, God, would you give us a revelation of your love for us? 
just a little bit deeper of, of understanding of your grace to us today. God, would you speak to us like only you can speak? Minister to us in the next few minutes as only you can do. God, thank you for these people. God, thank you for this word, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I um, <clears throat> spent a few moments in, um, in Revelation uh, at the end of December because I was finishing up my Bible reading plan, and uh, I just was, man, my, my heart was just lit on fire again for God uh, because reading chapters, Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5 and 19, and really the whole book of Revelation is an incredible, incredible book. And really, I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say, man, I don't like to read Revelation. It kind of freaks me out a little bit, right? Because there's all this prophecy and, and there's all this symbolism and, and it's all this, you know, a, a lot of things in there. And, and I don't claim to be an expert in studying eschatology or in the book of Revelation, but the whole book of Revelation is all about the glory of God. That's literally all it's about. It's about him. And you should not be afraid to dive into Revelation because here's the deal. At the very end of the book, he wins. God wins. He's going to come and take us home, man. And that's amazing reality. And that's the amazing truth that we can hold on to. We have nothing to be afraid of. What can man do to me? What can man do to you? Nothing. He holds us in the palm of his hand. And you know, when I was reading chapter four, God lit my heart on fire again. And just, and, and, and I want to remind us and just encourage you today to live your life with a heavenly perspective. Live your life with a heavenly perspective. I'll just talk about myself, and maybe you fall in this category, but maybe take an inventory of your own life. But I know, for me, so many days out of the year, I'm tunnel vision focused on myself. Tunnel vision focused on what I want, what I've got to do next, what I have to do now. And, and it's about what I you know, desire. It's about what I don't have. And I make it about this. And I have a job because it makes me happy. And I have hobbies because that makes me happy. And I have a wife because that makes me happy and kids. And, and, and I just make it literally all about me, all about me. And largely, sometimes we do that with church. It's like, man, what can I get out of it? What, what are you going to tell me that's going to tickle my ears? Or we make Christianity all about us, right? It's like, okay, God, I, you know, we can manipulate God and put him in a little box and say, okay, this is how I want you to be God. And, and when I want you, I'm going to take you out. And when I don't, I'm going to put you away. And so I, I just want to remind us today that the reality is this, all of this, the very breath that you're breathing, the very ground that we are standing on is for God and his glory and his glory alone. It's about him. It's about him. You know, one of the main reasons why we gather together uh, on Sunday mornings and why millions of people around the world gather on Sundays is to remind everybody that this is not our home. I live like four minutes from here. That's not my home. It's my temporary home. It's where I'm living right now while I'm on the earth, but my home is in heaven. That's where, that's where I'm going. That's my reality, and we have to live with this, this idea that our existence is heavenly, and our identity is heavenly, and yes, we have a task, and yes, we have things to do while we're here on the earth, but man, this life is fleeting. This life is but a vapor, and eternity is where we're going to spend with God in heaven. 
in the book of John, I'm sorry, in John here in Revelation 4, kind of gives us just a little glimpse as to what it's going to look like. It's incredible. So let's break this down for a couple of minutes, if you will. And we'll start back in verse 1. And uh, it says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. Verse 2, and at once I was in the Spirit. Okay, so who's doing the looking, right? It says first, I, first I looked. This is John, right? John was given a vision by God while he was exiled on an island called Patmos, okay? And so he is seeing this vision, right? And, uh, and it says right here that he, it's the voice that he had first heard, right? And so that voice, a lot of scholars believe, is the voice of Jesus, that he is the open door, right? And chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Revelation are things that have already happened, and chapters 4 and beyond are things that are to come and that will happen, okay? And so John is having this vision, incredible, incredible vision, right? And it says that he was in the spirit. So he's not seeing this with his physical eyes. We can't see into that spiritual realm with our own physical eyes. He was actually out of his body and actually seeing into the spiritual realm, a vision that was given only by God. Carrying on in verse two, it says, and there before me was a throne in heaven. I absolutely love that, man. There is a throne in heaven. And even though the heavenly realm is separated from the earthly realm, there is a throne in heaven that rules literally over everything. It is the supreme throne over all thrones. It's the highest order, period, the highest order. It's the greatest power. It's the throne above all thrones. And it doesn't matter who or what anybody wants to overthrow it or try to defeat it. You can't. It is the greatest throne. It's the greatest symbol of the greatest authority ever. And there's not only a throne, there's somebody sitting on that throne. There is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. He's beginning and the end. He is the greatest of all sitting on the throne in heaven. He is ruling and he's reigning over all creation. His dominion is eternal and his kingdom is literally forever and ever and ever. There will be dynasties and there are kings and countries that have been on the earth that have come and gone. But his kingdom will reign forever and ever. Psalms 103.19 says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. There's a throne in heaven and there's a king sitting on it. And that's the king of kings. It's amazing. And here's the reality. No matter how much evil you experience, no matter hardships, how many hardships you face in this life or how much you suffer, you can rest assured that God, God's hand will su- superintends everything that happens for your good and for his ultimate glory. It's his throne that's universal and eternally sovereign forever and ever and ever. And this is what John sees at the center. When the door is open to heaven, he sees this throne and he sees this person sitting on that. Is that not incredible? It's amazing. Let me ask you this question. Who sits on the throne of your heart today? 
Who sits on the throne of your heart? Who do you worship or what do you worship? You know, everybody on this earth has to make this one critical decision in their life. And that critical decision is, who will you crown king over your life? Who are you worshiping? Maybe it's materialism. It's the worship of things. Like, I, Matt, I love things. I must have things in my life or I am not happy. Maybe it's pantheism. It's like many gods or nature. Like, I worship nature. I have to be in nature and I worship nature. Nature is the pinnacle of whatever. It's what I worship. You know what I mean? The Gospel Coalition put out an article a couple of months ago, and they talked about the fastest growing religion. And they say it's the fastest growing religion is the religion and the worship of self. That we are all about us. We're all about me and what I want. And they lined out six bullet points, kind of tongue in cheek uh, a little bit here. And so this is what they say. Number one, your mind is the source and the standard of truth. So no matter what, trust yourself. The answers are, are in, in, in you. Number two, your emotions are authoritative, so never question your feelings. Okay? You're sovereign, so bend the universe around your dreams and your desires. You're supreme, so act according to your chief end, which is to glorify and enjoy yourself forever. And you're the standard of goodness, so don't let anyone ever oppress you with the antiquated notion of being a sinner in need of grace. And then finally, you're the creator, so use that limitless creative power to craft your identity and purpose. This is the worship of self. And so maybe, because I know I've done it in, in the past and time to time, it's like sometimes I've got to check myself that I place myself on the throne of my life and say, you know what? It's whatever I want. So my question to you is this, this very critical question. Who, who, who are you crowning king over your life? And obviously the king of kings, God is the rightful one to sit on the throne of your life. And if anybody else or anything else is sitting on that throne, it's a waste. And it ultimately leads to death. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Verse 3, John goes on. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. You know, it's like, I, you know, we try to do our best to kind of envision this, and, and we probably think about the physical stones that we've got, and we've seen, you know, jasper and ruby and all that stuff. But, but I, don't, I don't think that that's kind of how John was seeing it. Uh, you know, honestly, I think that those colors and, and that those that image was probably uh, just intensifying the already unapproachable light and brightness of God. And that's just kind of the best that he could do to describe what he was seeing, this glory that is surrounding God himself in this rainbow. You know, like you and I, we've seen a rainbow that goes across the sky as an arch. It's not an arch, man. This rainbow is literally encompassing and surrounding this throne. An amazing, amazing picture. Verse 4, surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their head. Now, you, if you 
opened up commentaries or got on Logos and you started studying out who are these elders, man, you could probably read till Jesus comes back on, on what people think these elders are. You know, some people believe they're stars or some people believe they're angelic beings or um, some people believe, okay, it's 24, so that represents 12 Old Testament tribes and it represents 12 New Testament apostles, right? And so the reality is we don't actually know who these elders are really are, but here's, here's what we know they represent, okay? These elders represent the redeemed of God. They represent you and me in heaven. How do we know that? It's because of the way that they were dressed. It says that they were dressed in white. What does white represent? Man, that represents purity and the righteousness of God that he gives to people that are redeemed in him. And there's a crown on their heads, Okay? And if you study that word out, crown, it doesn't mean diadem, right? Diadem means the one who is worthy, right? The diadem that God is wearing, that's a different crown. This crown is the victor's crown. This crown is the one that's given as a reward. And that reward is what we're going to get when we get in heaven. And that's, man, when I read that, man, my heart just lit up like, you know what? If I remain faithful to the end, if you know, and, and, and thank God for his assurance of holding me, sure. And if, when I make it to heaven, guess what? I'm going to get that. You're going to get that. You're going to be dressed in white with the crown. It's incredible. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul's talking about this very thing. Don't you know that a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training, and they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that lasts forever. Believer in here, Christian in here, let me encourage you, stay strong. Fight the fight, no matter how hard life gets, no matter how difficult it is, no matter if you fall on hard times or no matter how much doubt that you deal with, stay strong, stay the course. First Timothy 4 says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a what? A crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will answer to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed to see his appearing. Believer, stay strong. Stay strong in the Lord. Verse 5, back to Revelation 4, verse 5. Thunder came from the throne, came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. You know, here in Georgia, we, we've got lightning storms. I mean, I've lived in Georgia a long time. I've seen lightning here, but we ain't got lightning storms like they got out west. Okay. If you ever lived in Texas or even out beyond that, man, they call that big sky country because it's literally, it's huge. Okay. If you've never been there, you should go. Uh, and I remember I took my family out, out uh, west this past summer and we were camping in New Mexico and we stayed in Santa Fe, kind of at the foothills of this mountain range. And they call it Sangre de Cristo, okay, the blood of Christ, because literally every time the sun sets over this mountain, these streaks of red would come across the sky. It's unbelievable, unbelievably beautiful. And that night we were out going to the Bandelier Monument and we were just 
exploring and checking stuff out. And we were driving back to our campsite in a thunderstorm, a lightning storm came up. And man, we have never experienced lightning like that before. I mean, it lit up the entire sky. I mean, like I got it. I wish I put the picture up on the screen. I got, I was filming because it was just so crazy, right? Everybody in the van was like, oh my gosh, this is, are we going to die? Are we going to die right here right now? And so, um, I mean, it just lit up the camera. I mean, strikes all across the sky. Unbelievable. This flashes of lightning are coming from this throne. Okay, so imagine it again. Okay, he's building all this, right? There's a throne in heaven. There's someone sitting on it. His glory is like this bright, bright light, and it's like rubies and emeralds, and there's this, you know, there's this um, rainbow surrounding him and 24 other thrones, and now flashes of lightning and thunder are happening around this around this throne. Okay, this is not like a little seat sitting over there in the corner, y'all. This is like a big deal, right? It's incredible. Rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. It's an amazing study if you want to jump into that. Also in front of the throne, there's what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. And in the center around the throne were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second one was like an ox, and the third one had the face like a man. The fourth one was flying, was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings, right? That's the seraphim. We see this in Isaiah 6 when Isaiah had his vision into heaven. And they were covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. And day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They are literally performing the function that all of creation was made to fulfill. Like the only thing they can do is to worship. They finish that phrase and they, and, and they just have to say it again. And they finish that phrase and they have to say it again. Every second of every day, these, 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 cre- these creatures are around the throne of God, worshiping him and praising him and lifting him up and saying, worthy, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which means that he is ultimately sovereign over everything, who was and is and is to come. He's not bound by anything in this world, not by time, not by space, not by matter, nothing. He is, he is infinite, who was, who is, and is to come. He transcends time. Verse number nine. Whenever the living creatures give honor and glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sit on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will, They were created and have their being. Why were you and I put on this earth to worship God, to give him the glory, to give him the honor? And again, remember the elders, they represent the redeemed uh, of God's people. 
And so this is a picture of exactly what we're going to be doing in heaven. And when we get there, we're going to be given this robe, uh, this white robe, and we're going to be given the rewards, the crowns. And you know what? We're going to step into the presence of God. And the only thing you and I are going to be able to do is to get down on our hands and knees and take off our crowns and put them at at his feet and say, man, I, I thank you for this crown, but this is worthless compared to the greatness of who you are. I can do nothing but bow down and say, worthy are you. Great are you. All glory and honor be given to you and you alone. You and I, we were made to worship God. And I want to encourage you today to live from a heavenly perspective. Yeah, of course, we're going to forget. Yes, we have been tasked with going and sharing the gospel and loving people and doing those things. But ultimately, all of this is for his glory, his glory alone. And so in just a minute, I'm going to have the band come back out. And uh, we're going to worship for just a second. And uh, I just want to encourage you, when it comes to worship, I would love for you to kind of approach worship the way the elders do. That makes sense. So many times, and I'm guilty of this, we make worship all about the how and the what, especially in America, right? Man, we want, you know, we lo- I say it all, all the time, and it's a terrible thing, and I got to stop it. It's a bad habit. Man, we had really good worship today. Man, we had a really bad worship today. Man, the singer was off. It was awful. It sounded like somebody was killing a cat, you know? This was terrible. We had bad worship. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever said those? Have it ever came through your mind? We make it all about the what or the how. You know, these speakers up here, man, these are nice speakers, y'all. They sound good. We got them just set perfectly, you know, even display. It's a line array, so each row is getting the same amount of dB, the best that we can. We've got sound treatment up. This drum kit is really, really nice. That's a nice drum kit. I like the drums. I love to play the drums. Seth Cagle can sing the paint off the wall, right? So good, so talented. Got great keyboard, man, good guitar players, right? But if you were to take a trip around the world and go to like India, right? I got to go there a handful of years ago and I got to worship in, in, in the slums of Pune, a city in, in, in India. And there was literally one light bulb hanging from a string and they were packed in there. There was this nasty guitar that was way out of tune and they were singing their guts out to the king of kings, to the king of kings. And are they right and we're wrong? No, it's not about right or wrong. It's just let's not get caught up in, 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 the, in the what. Let's get caught up in the who. Let's think about who we're worshiping. Let's think about why we're worshiping. He saved us. He rescued us. He's the king of kings. He's sitting on this throne. It's incredible. That's what I want us to do.